Um, we have three stages along this continuum, which looks like an arch. So, you know, over on the left, you have sickness, right in the middle is wellness. And then on the right, you have fitness. Now in CrossFit, we're always striving to be as close to that fitness side of the spectrum as possible. So, you know, having those good health markers that we talked about, um, eating those whole foods, getting your workouts in, all of those move the needle towards fitness. We're not saying that life doesn't happen, right? We get, we go through stressful times. We talked about alcohol consumption. It's okay to have a little bit of alcohol. It's okay to get stressed and want to go out and have pizza. And when those times happen or when we kind of have a slip up, if you are close to that fitness side of the spectrum, you'll simply slide back to wellness, which is great. We have this hedge against sickness, right? The closer we are to fitness, the less likely we are to cross over wellness and go into the sickness side of the continuum. And that's kind of the overarching you know, idea of, of what we're talking about here. Yes, I love it. All right, so episode two of the CrossFit Marshfield podcast here. Very excited. I'm uh, sitting down here with Coach Jen. Um, I'm Coach Christina, of course. Um, you know, by popular demand, we're back here. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition today. Um, but, you know, a little bit more of the emotional side of nutrition. I think that, you know, we'll touch a little bit on the science of nutrition for sure. Uh, but, I think that a lot of people um, come to us with a lot of, you know, frequently asked questions and a lot of them have to do with, you know, either things that they learned through childhood that maybe they struggle with uh, as far as food choices or emotional eating or, you know, is fat bad for you or should I eat egg yolks? Lots of things that, you know, people get a little worked up and we're here to, we're here to kind of, you know, shed the, shed the light, if you will. On, uh, on the emotional side of nutrition here. So um, Jen has some really cool, um, you know, credentials. You want to introduce yourself, Jen, to those of us who don't get to be coached by you? Sure. Um, thank you, Christina. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Coach Jen. I, uh, I am a CrossFit Level 2 coach. I have my Precision Nutrition uh, Level 1 certification as a certified nutrition coach. Um, I have um, my educational background is in exercise physiology. Uh, my bachelor's degree and my master's degree are in exercise phys. And I have a PhD in applied physiology, um, which I spent a lot of time studying human physiology, um, a lot of cardiovascular phys physiology, and um, a little bit of nutrition actually in there. So, um, so a nice little uh, background about me and I'm yeah. excited to sit here and talk about nutrition with you. So she knows her shit basically <laughs> is, uh, is what I what I gather from that but you know to each their own. So anyway um, yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Yeah she knows some stuff. Um, so before we sat down here we kind of sat and uh, you know we both do nutrition coaching here at CrossFit Marshfield and we kind of talked about some of the commonly asked questions uh, that we get on a regular basis. So I guess we can just, we can go down the line and see where the conversation goes. Um, so the first one was about dairy. And I personally think that this stems from, you know, there's the, this mindset, you know, the paleo diet uh, says to cut out dairy. And a lot of people kind of got into this mindset of like, dairy is bad and I should cut it out. And we actually don't mention it in CrossFit's prescription for nutrition um, in the Fitness for 100 Words. But what are your thoughts, Jen, on dairy? How can we shed some light on this? 
Yeah, um, so this is a great question. We get it a lot. Um, and this is something, you know, how we <clears throat> approach this is, you know, you are an, an N of one. You can do your own, you know, experiment on yourself. Um, so if dairy is something that works for you and, you know, you don't seem to have, you're not sensitive to it, um, then it can be a great source of protein, you know, plain Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, you can get some great protein. Um, so we recommend, you know, if you think dairy may be an issue for you, recommend cutting it out. So cut it out for a month, cut it out of your diet, you know, one at a time. Um, so don't cut dairy and gluten out if you're trying to figure out if what bothers you or what works well for you. Um, do one thing at a time and then see how you feel when you reintroduce it and, and um, you know, learn to listen to your body a bit and, and learn to um, look for, for that feedback that you get from, from taking the time to cut that out and then reintroduce it and see what works. So if it does work for you, then, then that gives you a little bit, uh, a little more options as far as your, your protein sources. So it could be a great thing. Um, but again, if it's something that, that, you know, um, digestively bothers you, then, then there are other options that, that you can get, get protein from and vitamin C and, or sorry, vitamin D, um, and calcium. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it, you know, it's funny, I'm probably gonna end up jumping around a little bit here, but you, you mentioned in there, like listening to your body and kind of seeing how foods affect you. And I think that something that a lot of people struggle with is, you know, again, this mindset, like, well, the last time I cut out all dairy, I lost like 30 pounds. And so they connect it with like, I cut out dairy, I lose weight. But I mean, is that necessarily the marker that means that you've made the right choice? Like, how can we shed some light on that? Yeah. Oh, that's such a, that's a great question. A great point. Um, yeah. So, right. It's, it's, it, it could be because what, what else were you doing when you, when you cut out that dairy? Did you, you cleaned up your diet totally and you were eating mostly whole foods, real foods and no dairy. Um, then in that case, it's probably not the fact that you cut dairy out. That is why you lost 30 pounds. You were, it sounds like you were probably eating a much higher quality diet and real whole foods. It's very hard to overeat them. So, you know, when you're focused on eating mostly vegetables and meats and nuts and seeds and fruits, um, and a little bit of starch, just like the CrossFit methodology says, no sugar. Um, you know, you're, it's very hard to overeat. Uh, try overeating broccoli. You know, you get, you get really full. <laughs> um, so it's probably not the fact that you cut the dairy out, but, um, this is a great example of, you know, you cut it out. Then if you want to reintroduce it and see how it, how it does, you know, how it makes you feel, then, um, then that could be a good approach. I, mean, I don't think, it's not dairy causing you to gain weight. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's an energy balance. Energy balances cause, cause weight gain, not necessarily one food group or one type of food or something. It's, it's what's the big picture? Um, what's, how much are you eating throughout the day? How much are you eating every week? Th those are the questions you really want to ask yourself. Um, not just this one food group. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that statement in and of itself like well last time I cut out dairy I lost 30 pounds but we're having this conversation because clearly you didn't keep that 30 pounds off right mm -hmm. so evidently that was not a sustainable lifestyle for you if you love milk like let's go let's find a way to get some milk into your diet and use it for the protein and you know make sure it's a really high quality you know, I mean, milk is a bad example I'd rather have cottage cheese but still like you know if you really love something 
but cutting it out made you lose 30 pounds, like it may not necessarily be the right choice to to be able to sustain for for a long period of time. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's a matter of, like you're saying, figuring out if you actually have a negative effect from dairy or if you just think it's bad for you, you know, because you heard it once back in the day. (laughs) I think this is something that comes up so much in nutrition because there's so much information out there of, oh, what's bad for you? What's good for you? What's, you know, um, should you not eat beans? Like the the paleo diet, you're not supposed to eat beans or oats or, um, you know, stuff like that. And that's where, that's where, you know, people worry about, well, I, oh my gosh, I had oatmeal. Should I not be eating oatmeal? Is that, is that what's hindering my progress? No, it's probably not because it's, it's the big picture, right? You, you can eat oats. Like if, if you don't have any digestive issues caused by oats, by all means, eat a nice bowl of oatmeal with your breakfast with eggs and fruit. It can be a, make a great meal. But, um, (laughs) so that, and it's hard to, it's hard to let go of that mindset or it's hard to, to not listen to those messages you get from social media, from influencers, from wherever, um, saying, you know, oats are bad for you. Beans are bad for you. Um, it's, it's, it's the big picture you really want to, to try to focus on, which, um, you know, might be a little hard at first, but it's, it's overall, what are the majority of your meals looking like? And, and, you know, what little changes can we make to try to improve that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you talk about the basics. Um, so just to, just to kind of, um, you know, reiterate something that we preach here, um, the prescription for nutrition that CrossFit states is to eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar while keeping levels to support exercise and not body fat. So anytime we talk about the basics, that's kind of what we're referring to. So the next thing on our list here um, talked about timing like timing of when we should eat nutrients. You know, some people think you should only eat carbs in the morning because if you eat them too late at night, you're going to gain a lot of weight or, you know, whatever else people have kind of dreamed up or or seen on on social media. So um, what are your thoughts on that nutrient timing? Yeah, so um, nutrient timing. Uh, First, we want to know, are you doing the basics, right? Are you... Have you been consistent with eating a diet of, of whole foods, you know, for for a while? And and what what have your results been from that? So have you seen results from that? You know, if you have, right? So then what's the next steps? Like let's maybe then maybe the next steps are we talk about weighing and measuring some food. Maybe if you have very specific goals and you want to hone in on that, then maybe we talk about weighing and measuring. Um, I think nutrient timing can <clears throat> can be something that that might make a little bit of a difference, but it's not, um, it's more so a, a performance. Uh, it's a performance thing. It's not really a, a overall health thing. So for your, for the sake of, of, you know, all of us and, you know, we're, we're pretty, pretty regular people. <laughs> um, you know, we work out we were and, and we want to get the most out of that. Um, and the way we can do that is, is by focusing on the quality of our diet. Um, so, you know, uh, if you have specific performance goals, you know, then then maybe nutrition nutrient timing could be something to talk about. But until you are very consistent with the basics and and see results from that, then you know it's it's not going to make a difference if you're 
timing your carbs around your workout if the rest of the day you're eating a cheeseburger and uh you know a bacon egg and cheese for breakfast from starbucks so Darn. okay so <laughs> <laughs> it's, if you're looking for that nutrient timing to rescue you know the rest of your day it, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna make a difference yeah yeah i hear that a lot i hear a lot of people have asked me actually in the past about intermittent fasting and it's the same thing you know yes intermittent fasting can work for some people but if you're eating in your eight hour window mcdonald's and pizza and drinking alcohol like we're intermittent fasting is not going to help you we need to start you know start with those with those basics so um you know it's it's a matter of kind of shutting out all of that noise that's out there um in the nutrition world and and just kind of honing in on you know eating those whole foods so um so yeah love it um so kind of spinning off of that um the idea of supplements. So we talked a little bit about this as well. Um, you know, had an inquiry uh, from somebody recently about nutrition. And the first question was, what supplements are you going to require that I eat? And Jen and I were just kind of looking at each other like, it's so interesting that that's, that that's kind of where people jump. Like, why do you think that is, Jen? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on supplements? And yeah. where does that idea come from? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that comes from social media and mm. marketing there's so much um crap marketing out there <laughs> to try to get us to think that you need some specific supplement to be the healthiest version of you uh, one of the things i can't stand is the the greens supplements um mm. oh put a scoop of this greens in your morning smoothie put it in your protein shake just eat some spinach yeah. <laughs> um, like don't waste your money i think like most supplements are a waste of money um so take that money and go to the grocery store and buy some some vegetables and some meat and you know um the you know the we don't really you know crossfit and crossfit marshfield we don't we don't really recommend or have any specific endorsement of any supplements um you know we some some of us will will use protein powder here and there um for for a smoothie for a shake um, mainly because of convenience, right? So mm -hmm. life, life is busy. We all, you know, we all have crazy schedules. We have families. Um, we don't always have time to prep and protein can be one of those items that can be, it takes time to prep. You got to cook, cook meat, cook eggs. Um, so, you know, if you're having a protein shake here and there, you know, to, to hit your, hit, hit some of your protein, um, it's definitely better than, uh, than going, you know, to, to Starbucks and getting, you know, getting a, an, an egg sandwich or, or whatever. Sure. Um, so it's still, right. It's, it's a, it's a processed food, but, um, it's, it's a, a better choice than a lot of other things you could be choosing. So, um, so I would say, yeah, protein powder, um, is, is one of the only things we really would say like, yeah, you know, ha have that shake. Um, but sure. Um, I think it's, it's all the marketing you see out there that just kind of makes people think like, oh, I need this to lose weight or I need some special powder, some special drink yes. that's going to make me magically PR my Fran time or something. And there's no mm -hmm. magic to it. It's nope. just marketing and making you think that you need it when you don't. You just, like we said, master those basics and, and the rest will fall into place. Yeah. I mean, you can't make up for an entire day's worth of the nutrients that you need with just supplements. You know, I, I think, again, it's, it's one of those things that becomes almost like a band-aid. Like, 
you know, oh, well, I like to eat cheeseburgers and fries, but it's okay because I have my green supplement and my protein <laughs> shake. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Um, definitely not a magic pill. So, I mean, I think the great news about that, though, is like you said, they are so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like being able to say like, oh, wait, I don't need to drop 40 bucks on my green supplement and I could just buy a three ninety nine family pack of spinach. Like, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, ten packs of yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, hopefully that that clears that up. Um, shifting gears a little bit here, I think this is a really really classic question that has a few branches, and that is, does fat make you fat? Is fat bad for you? No, what? you know, <laughs> no. The answer is no. no, no. <laughs> So um, we can start out with, let's start out with oils because we, we had a nutrition talk here today at the gym um, and the question was brought up, what kind of oil should I use? And so, Jen, if you want to yeah, elaborate. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a, another good question. So, um, so cooking oils or oils that you want to, um, you know, make homemade salad dress, dressings with perhaps. Um, we want, we want to focus on not consuming vegetable oils. So vegetable oils are the ones that are inflammatory and they really wreak havoc on our overall health. Um, so, you know, they, those type of inflammatory oils, they contribute to the development of, um, lots of chronic diseases, heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, um, basically you name it. And those kind of inflammatory oils will, uh, will play a role. So, what can we cook with? Um, extra virgin olive oil is um, one of the healthiest oils you could you could want to cook with. No, when did that get such a bad rap, man? <laughs> I love a good extra virgin olive oh, oil, and and it's delicious. <laughs> yes, it is. You, get, you treat yourself to a nice, high quality. Yes, <laughs> extra virgin olive oil. It is delicious. Uh, I mean, there's a reason you know the the uh, the Mediterranean style diet has been so popular and. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of research out there uh, about it. But um, so so those those are healthy fats, you know, that we get. Those are anti-inflammatory um, fats that we get from from oils like extra, extra virgin olive oil. Um, avocado oil is another good one. Um, so canola oil is one you want to stay away from. That's a, a, a very processed vegetable oil. Um, vegetable oil itself, right? You can buy a bottle of vegetable oil at the store. Um, that's really not what you want to be consuming. And... The thing is too, even if you're not cooking with these oils or you're not making salad dressings with them at home, um, you want to look at the the ingredients on some of the some of the foods you might be buying. So, um, if you're buying tortilla chips or potato chips, oftentimes those are cooked in canola oil or some other type of you know unoptimal vegetable oil. Mm. Um, so you know if you are going to to buy a bag of or tortilla chips or or whatever you know you're having a party at your house you're you're gonna have stuff like that um you know look for ones that they might be cooked in uh in olive oil they might be cooked in avocado oil yeah seen those ones um so i think um there's a couple brands that um siete foods yeah 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 yeah. um so um so that's what you want to look for and even on other you know i i was thinking about this during our talk today when this question came up like if you're at Whole Foods and you go to the hot bar, right? So maybe you're you're pressed for time. You're gonna go grab some lunch, grab some breakfast, whatever, some dinner. Um, luckily, they list all the ingredients on their items mm. at the hot bar, and you can see which ones. Some of them they do cook with olive oil, which is great. Um, and some of them that it, it's you know it might be like roasted sweet potatoes, and you think great, the you know sweet potatoes. 
but sometimes they are cooked with canola oil. Hmm. Um, so it's just something to be mindful of and, and think about as you're as you're making those choices. And obviously, um, you know, sometimes in life, you're if you're at Whole Foods, you're 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 in a rush, you're traveling. Um, yeah, maybe you do eat the sweet potatoes that were cooked in canola oil, like once, or you know, um, when in those rare times, right? But if if it's not something you're consistently doing, then um, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. But so when you're in control, the more the more control you can have over the ingredients you're putting on your plate, right? So make salad dressing from scratch at home: olive oil, mm. balsamic vinegar, a little mustard in there. Make a nice vinaigrette. Um, the more then the more control you have over you know what you're actually putting into your body versus the store-bought salad dressing with a list of ingredients god knows how long um things you can't even pronounce so look at those ingredients you know next time you're at the grocery store and everything um you know the minimal ingredients is always best ingredients you yes. can pronounce are always best so um so yeah so just some some things to think about as you're making making those choices yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff people don't realize, but like, you know, something like peanut butter. You can buy peanut butter that when you look at the ingredients, it should be peanuts and maybe salt. Yeah. And that's it. Whereas, you know, Jif, you pull that off the counter, it's got peanuts, sugar, canola oil, like all these things mm-hmm. um, among things that we don't even know what they are. So, I mean, that's a really great place to start if you're kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, what to do or, you know, I don't. I don't know where I'm going wrong. Well, you know, we should really be eating foods that don't have ingredients, right? Yeah. Like steak is steak, right? You know, broccoli is broccoli. The ingredients list should be as small as possible. Um, and I think that's something where, you know, the food industry kind of hides a lot of things that, you know, we don't even realize um, when it comes to those, you know, convenience foods, which... I know we all need them, but um, yeah, it can it can be it can be pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, I mean, and you know, also on this whole topic of fat, before we get you know we get away, you know how fired up I get about egg yolks. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought we should you know talk about that here for all the good people to hear. Um, you know, I think one of the number one things that I hear from people who might be counting macros, so like, you know, weighing and measuring their food, which is fine. Again, a great tool if you have a very specific goal, but so many people are so afraid of egg yolks because while you get a lot of protein from the egg, the fat adds, or the, the yolk adds a lot of fat. So people say, oh, like I'm going to have an egg white and spinach omelet, um, and they won't eat those egg yolks. So I don't know. Can can you get my friends to eat some egg yolks? Yeah. Here, Jen? <laughs> yes. So right. So so egg yolks are one of the most nutrient dense foods we can eat, which is a good thing. You want to eat nutrient dense foods. Um, so the yolk has a lot of protein in it. So you know if you're eating egg whites for the protein, you're missing out on a lot of the protein you could get from an egg by not having that egg yolk. Um, yes, the egg yolk has fat in it. It has some cholesterol, um, but you know there's very little if if none um evidence to support that to say that if you eat you know egg yolks your cholesterol is going to go up um so uh there are you know if you have some kind of genetic issue that may make sure. you predis- predis- uh, predisposed to um cholesterol issues that that may be something to consider but um for you know a general healthy person with no chronic health issues then um by all means eat those egg yolks um 
you know, this doesn't mean you should go eat like 10 eggs a day. Um, <laughs> you know, like that might be a lot or it might, you might even um, struggle to eat 10 eggs a day <laughs> depending on how hungry you are. But um, so, so yeah, so egg yolks are, are nutrient dense and good. And I want to throw in avocados here too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So avocados are such a healthy fat and you know, you should never, um, you know, don't be afraid to eat half an avocado a whole avocado um you know it's it's hard to like we said before that these whole real foods um it's difficult to overeat them because they're just so satisfying and filling and your body's like all right i'm full and and you're you know you're you're good um so so yeah I, it's like you don't want to you know it it um it makes me sad when people are like well yeah. I, I i'm only going to eat a fourth of an avocado or something um mm. you know why? Um, you know, if you're eating a whole avocado, you know, in addition to the donuts you had for breakfast and, you know, the pizza you had for lunch, then, then maybe there's some things we can change. But mm-hmm. right. If you're, you're again, focusing on the basics and, and avocados are a part of that, like that is, you're going to feel good. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, but I think it's, the mindset of it too, uh, is tough. So, um, if you are coming from a place of, really counting your macros and and maybe having a more restrictive approach on your how many grams of fat you're eating a day then then there is some um consideration that that you know we need to take as far as re you know maybe reintroducing you know the egg yolks and reintroducing eating a half to a whole avocado in one in, in a meal yes um and and to take you know to it's not we don't want to do a 180 you know we want to um, reintroduce things and create sustainable um, habits for you and, and and things that you can be consistent with and feel good about, you know? Um, yeah. That's what it's about. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I was thinking about that too, listening to you talk. I um, So, you know, my I'm also Precision Nutrition 1 certified and I've started working with some clients here at CrossFit Marshfield. My expertise and my, you know, my passion is definitely working with people who have a history with disordered eating, um, which can absolutely have stemmed from this heavy restriction that we're talking about. So, you know, a lot of times uh, disordered eating can breed from these ideas that we learned when we were young, um, being taught, you know, all of the above that we talked about, that you should never eat egg yolks, that you should not, you should only eat a quarter of an avocado every other day or, you know, whatever it may be. So these can be really hard habits to crack. But the fact of the matter is when we're restricting so much, I think what people don't understand is that this is actually what causes the swing in the other direction. So, you know, we're so restrictive you know, I go an entire month with eating no egg yolks and I'm so proud of myself. So what am I going to do? I'm going to run to the tin of Oreos. And it's like, it's, it's just this thing that happens where you're almost depriving your body of these nutrients that it needs of this, these healthy fats that will leave you feeling satiated, that will leave you feeling, you know, not only that, but like mentally good, like eating should be good (laughs) you know it should you should like eat food and leave feeling like wow that was delicious it you know it it shouldn't be such a you know like every time a mealtime comes you shouldn't be like stressed out about like well what am I going to eat and like it has to be healthy like yes we want you to eat healthy but we also want you to enjoy eating because that's part of our lives as you know Mm -hmm. people here it's part of our society it's part of our culture so um 
you know, I really like that you said that, like sometimes we have to slowly kind of break those, those mental habits. But, you know, if you're cutting out egg yolks, but then turning around and maybe drinking an entire bottle of wine, well, okay, that brings us to our next, you know, our next concept here where it's like this idea of alcohol, right? Um, so, you know, we were briefly talking about this and, you know, a lot of people kind of have this mindset of like, well, I need my alcohol. I'm not going to cut it out. Okay, that's fine. However, there's this mindset of if I'm going to go out drinking tonight, I'm going to not eat all day so that I don't gain weight. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that and um, I, I think this mindset could tie in with that, too, with uh, if you're going to a party or if you're going if you know you're going out to eat and you don't eat anything before you go to the party or anything before you go to the restaurant because, well, I'll just then I'll just get to the restaurant and I'll eat whatever. Um, so, and that, and so that goes hand in hand with the alcohol too, I think. So that approach, right? Alcohol is not a replacement for food. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, right, so, so maybe you won't gain pounds if you're, right, if, if you're, you're the, you're the person that's, oh, well, I'm not going to eat breakfast or lunch. I, I know I'm going to go out drinking and I'll eat some food while I'm drinking. Cause let's be honest, but after a few drinks, you just stop, yep. your, your inhibitions are a little gone and you're like, well, actually, yeah, I'll half that pizza. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, or whatever. Um, so once, uh, so, so maybe, you know, if, if that's your approach, maybe you don't gain, you know, many pounds or you're able to maintain your weight, whatever that is. And so you feel like that's success. Oh, I, oh, I still went out drinking on Saturday, but I haven't gained any weight. So I'm good. It's still having detrimental effects on your health. Um, you know, that overconsumption uh, of alcohol combined with not eating healthy, real foods for whatever amount of time that you're deciding, Hey, this alcohol is replacing my food. Um, it's still going to, to wreak havoc on your health and your, you know, your overall well-being. Uh, your, how, you know, your how you feel in the gym. How you feel, you know. Nobody wants to. I think maybe we've all had times where maybe we've uh, come in and worked out in a non-optimal state um, <laughs> after maybe a fun night, and and that doesn't feel great. So, nope. <laughs> um, so then you're hindering your your performance in the gym. You're and you're hindering, um, you know, any gains and and increases in your health markers that you'll you'll get from from the work you're doing at the gym. Um, so I guess to circle back to, um, well, how can we, how can we go on, you know, how can we live life and enjoy a few drinks here and there and, and still maintain our health and, and make progress with our health, right? Move more towards the fitness side of the, the sickness wellness continuum. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe you, maybe you don't, you know, we cut down some drinks, um, and, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, uh, I like strategies for, you know, if you know, you're going to a social gathering, you're going out to eat the rest of your day should be the same as it normally would be. So if yep. you know, you're going out to dinner, still have your breakfast and your lunch as normal as they would be. And don't, don't save calories or don't save you know, cause then you're, you're, your hormones are your hunger hormones are going to get all thrown off by mm -hmm. not eating all day and then all of a sudden introducing all this food to yourself um, so keep things as consistent as you can and enjoy that meal out enjoy that glass of wine or or that drink or you know or maybe two um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and sure do we did you know do are, we're all human and, and we, oh, we yeah. have times where 
where, yeah, we have a few too many drinks and, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, but we get back to normal the next day. We hydrate, we get back to eating whole real foods and move on with life. Um, so I, I think that's, we don't wanna be replacing food with alcohol. That's not what we wanna be doing. Um, you know, we wanna be focusing on eating those whole real foods and and maybe we need to cut down our consumption of alcohol depending on, on where we're at. Um, so that's, yeah, that's how yeah. I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny, like, so we have we have brought up weight a couple of times, but if you really think about the overarching, you know, theme of kind of what we're talking about here, we're not we're talking about health right like we're not we're not talking about the weight on the scale so you know this concept that we were just talking about of you know restricting yourself from eating to make room for a night of drinking because that won't change the scale yeah probably however are you healthy and i think that's what we're we're really trying you know we both have a very similar mindset with this of trying to help people find sustainable solutions to change their body composition, meaning decrease body fat percentage, increase muscle mass percentage, have their body functioning well, you know, health markers are in check, you know, cholesterol is looking good, you know, we're just blood pressure, you know, you name it. There's just so many different ways, so many better ways to measure our health rather than the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody come in for a weigh-in today who, um, you know, I've had to talk about eating eating more, you know, and, and we'll get more into this. Uh, our next topic on the list here is this idea of not eating enough. But um, essentially, I've made this person or, you know, had this person try eating more than they've ever ate, you know, in years and steps on the scale and it's down three pounds. And it, I mean, like they were in disbelief. It was like, I've literally didn't stop eating for this entire week. I don't understand how I lost three pounds. Well, because your body's functioning well, your metabolism is working, you're no longer in this mode of, you know, kind of this starvation mode that your body goes in where when you're not taking in enough food, um, it'll store everything as body fat in preparation for, you know, this like survival. It's just what we're naturally, that's what our body does, um, you know, to prepare for God knows what, you know, that's mm-hmm. how we're uh, evolutionary, you know, that's how we were designed is to prepare for those, those times. So, um, you know, by not eating enough or by replacing nutrients with alcohol or replacing nutrients with an ice cream sundae, for example, we're actually telling our body to quick store everything as body fat so that we can have enough energy throughout the day, um, which I think is something that, that people don't really, um, they don't really realize what, that they're doing that to themselves. So um, any uh, anything to add to that, Jen? Yeah, no, um, that's, it's, that's so great, um, right? So that's something that I think surprises so many people when they do come, to, you know, they come to us and, you know, we take, we ask for food logs. We just want to know like what, what's a, what's your typical three, four days look like? Um, and oftentimes people aren't eating enough. So, um, and that always surprises them because they're, you know, they think it's, it's, it's what's been ingrained in us, you know, since in most of us since we were young, you know, just by messages from the media, from from you know maybe older siblings, our parents, or whoever, um, of like, oh, eating less is how you lose weight. Um, 
but I think when uh, when you can focus on uh, eating enough to fuel your body, right? So part of the the CrossFit nutrition prescription is you know eating enough to support exercise but not body fat. So so the question is, well, how much do each of us need to be eating to support exercise but not body fat? Um, and that's so that's something that um, you know that we can help with. That mm-hmm. that's a, a big focus of our nutrition program. Well, how much should should everybody be eating? Um, but when Right, so when if clients come to us and they're you know they're under eating by you know three four five hundred calories a day, um, you know that's a pretty significant change. So um, we try to you know gradually introduce more food. So it's not like you know you're not going to be <laughs> sitting at your kitchen table at night just trying to um, get things down. It's um, you like Christina said, your your body's not optimally functioning. So your mm-hmm. your your metabolism is is slower and. Um, you may even, if you're, if you've been eating at that of low number, low amount of food for a long time, and you're not, you're probably not seeing changes in your weight because your body is, is essentially hungry mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's holding on to stuff. So, um, by giving yourself more food and, um, and let's be honest, that's who doesn't want to eat a little bit more food. So giving yourself a little bit more food, um, you know, we're going to rev up that metabolism and, and that's amazing. Your client saw a three pound difference. Um, just from eating more food, yeah. which is, again, it's um, it goes against what a lot of us have been taught, what we think, or how we think things should work. Um, but um, there's, you know, I think we were going to get into the, I guess it ties into this, but, um, you know, everybody has a, a resting metabolic rate yep. of, you know, that's just the, the bare bones of like, if you laid around all day and did nothing, how many calories does your body burn just to function? Um, and so you want to eat more than that because we all get up, we walk around, we work out, we, depending on how active your daily job is, maybe you're, if you're in, in construction, if you're in, you know, teaching, you're moving around a lot. So um, these are things that all factor into how much food should you be eating per day. Um, and, and so um, you wanna make sure you're eating enough, especially when, if you're coming to the gym five, six, seven days a week. Oh yeah. Um, you want to, uh, be, make sure you're eating enough to support that and to, and to, to support your recovery from, from all your hard work in the gym. If you want to increase strength and, and, and gain some lean muscle, then, then you got to be eating enough. Um, and so that's a, that's something we can definitely, we can definitely help with. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, to clarify, not that we haven't been clear, but eating enough whole foods, Yes. (laughs) eating enough of those basic foods, you know, I think, um, people see this license to eat and they're like, oh man, like, what am I going to, what am I going to eat? But I mean, you still, we still want to make those nutrient dense choices. Um, but yeah, I mean, eating enough is, is so key, especially if you're here in the gym doing CrossFit, super high intensity. Um, you know, you, you need, you need fuel for that. So, um, you know, I kind of want to like overarching kind of put this all under this, like, health umbrella um to kind of tie it all together because that's what we're we're really striving on on here so you know jen earlier referenced our continuum that we use in crossfit the sickness wellness fitness continuum and to you know briefly describe what that might look like for those of you listeners out there to this legitimate podcast um, we have three stages along this continuum which looks like an arch so you know, over on the left, you have sickness, right in the middle is wellness. And then on the right, you have fitness. Now in CrossFit, we're always striving to be as close to that fitness side of the spectrum as possible. So, 
you know, having those good health markers that we talked about, um, eating those whole foods, getting your workouts in, all of those move the needle towards fitness. We're not saying that life doesn't happen, right? We get, we go through stressful times. We talked about alcohol consumption. It's okay to have a little bit of alcohol. It's okay to get stressed and want to go out and have pizza. And when those times happen or when we kind of have a slip up, if you are close to that fitness side of the spectrum, you'll simply slide back to wellness, which is great. We have this hedge against sickness, right? The closer we are to fitness, the less likely we are to cross over wellness and go into the sickness side of the continuum. And that's kind of the overarching, you know, idea of, of what we're talking about here. So, you know, when we, when I kind of started to allude to, um, you know, weight and that it's not all about weight. Um, I was, I was telling Jen that, um, if you go to the store and I swear to God, go do this, go to target right now. And when you go into the aisle where they sell the scales, every single one of them will say 126.4 or something close to that. It's like 126.4 or like, you know, whatever. It's some kind of weight under 130 pounds, which is a weight that for whatever reason appeals to women and is, you know, a weight that we've been told since we were young is is ideal to weigh under 130 pounds. And so I just asked Jen, like, imagine being like, you know, 60 years old and you weighed 126.4. You did it. You achieved it. You're finally there but you're too weak to be able to pick up your grandkids. You can't make it up the stairs because you're too frail. Um, you don't have the capacity to reach the top shelf and, and pick up a, a thing of flour to make cookies with your grandkids. It's just your, your body just isn't functioning well. Yes, you, you arrived at the weight, but you're not healthy. Whereas you could be in that situation weighing maybe a good solid 145 pounds able to run circles around your grandkids and you know pick up weights and pick up laundry detergent and you know all these things that we need to do well into our years so um i think overall like that's what we want for people right you know and it's like and and how do you get there well it's all everything we just said you know like plus working out but i mean this is the foundation of our you know of what gives us the results that, you know, that hierarchy of, of an athlete. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think too, um, this ties in with, you know, the, the number on the scale or, you know, that doesn't have to be a focal point. And for a lot of us, uh, I don't think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what really is a better marker of our health is our body composition. Mm. Um, and, and so, maybe to try to shift a little mindset into, you know, a lot of people, people will say, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 15 pounds, whatever. Maybe you just want to recomp your body a bit. You're going to, you might see minimal changes on the scale, but you're going to lose inches off your waist. Um, you're going to gain muscle mass and lose body fat. Um, and so, you know, maybe you go from 28% body fat to 22% body fat. That's a huge yep. difference. And that's, that's going to have such an impact on your health. So, you know, that's, um, I think shifting that focus away from the the number on the scale. Um, and that's why I think, you know, the body mass index, BMI, that's, Mm. that's become, um, you know, it's not really a reliable, you know, we have all those charts to go to the doctor's office. It's not really a reliable marker of health at this point because Mm -hmm. it doesn't give you any insight 
onto body mass index. I mean, onto <laughs> body composition. Right. Um, so how much body fat you have, you know, relative to your, your lean mass. And to, to get back to Christina's point about, you know, when you're 60 years old, 70 years old, 80 years old, you want to be able to keep up with your grandkids, your, hopefully your great-grandkids, right? Um, and so the more we do now to maintain and put on more lean mass, the more muscle we have, um, that is going to help us so much in the long term. So that's it's going to increase our metabolic rate. So that's going to mean we're going to need to eat more food. Um, it's going to protect us, right? The, so as we get older, right, um, we have more risks of falling. Um, sure. But, you know, it's, it's exercise and eating a, a healthy diet. They're going to help us maintain that lean mass and, and our bone density um, as we age. So, um, so those are really important health markers that, that we can think about in terms of what's the number one thing within our control that we can do to influence our health. It's nutrition. It's yep. we have control over everything we eat, everything we drink. Um, that is the number one thing that there's a reason why nutrition is the bottom of the pyramid. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, it doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yes. Um, but but it is within our control. So I think um, if we can do everything we can do now um, to set ourselves up for a life of longevity and health, um, that's what our focus should be on rather than, you know, fitting into the dress we bought 10 years ago or something. Right. You know, um, let's think yeah, about, what does that think do about for the you? future. <laughs> yeah, you know, who cares? Um, so, you know, thinking about the future of, well, I want to be strong when, you know, um, when I have grandkids, I want to be, yep. I want to be able to to go out and play catch, and and run around and do all those things. That's those those are those are the goals that that have a lot of meaning and yeah. and will, um, you know, give us more than just health. They'll give us memories yeah. and and all the important things. Um, you know, build help us in our relationships with people mm. and, and family and friends. Um, and those things in life that are really, really important. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. I think that's an amazing place to kind of, you know, wrap this all up. So, you know, if you guys are out there listening and, you know, we've piqued your interest at all, we are here. You know, Jen and I have both coach for uh, CFM Nutrition here. Um, we do individual consultations. If you want to just get some weights and uh, kind of see where your body composition is as, you know, right now. And we can offer you some just some pointers and send you on your way, or we can do, you know, intensive one-on-one coaching, depending on what you feel like you need. But we hope that we were able to answer some of your questions here, um, you know, shed a little light on on nutrition and, you know, some of the ins and outs there. And um, yeah, you know, let us know, hit us up. I don't, I want to say like, leave a comment in the show notes, but I don't know how to do that yet. So, um, you know, we're getting there. Episode two, yeah. guys, I promise someday I'll, I'll get some comments in the show notes, whatever that means. So, um, anyway, that being said, thank you guys so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you, uh, we'll see you in the gym. Health, fitness, and everything you need to achieve it. Welcome to the CrossFit Marshfield podcast. Here at CFM, we are on a mission to lead a tribe of humble, fun, and dedicated people toward a life of health and fitness. Tune in monthly for tips, 
tricks, motivational stories, interviews, and more to shed some light on our dedication to the CrossFit methodology and how it can keep you dialed in on becoming better than yesterday.